Hi, and welcome to our 26th podcast of Keen Minds covering NBC's Blacklist Redemption. And we are covering uh, episode four um, called Operation Davenport. Yes, and we're halfway through Redemption. This was the fourth episode. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa from Criminal Minds. Criminally Sane, actually. <laughs> I'm getting so confused. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> when you've had a cold for like three weeks straight, I think we'll give you a, a little slip Thank there. you, a pass. <clears throat> yeah, you can still hear it in my voice. It's not that I eat frogs. Um, not even, they have hallucinogenic kinds. <laughs> uh, but coming. I do sound like I have like 10 in my throat. And talking about this episode, did you like it? I loved it. Yes. I I mean the whole thing. I I feel like I know on the the Kevin uh the Kevin Jennings episode, I felt like their intro was a bit long and it kind of threw me off on that episode. I feel like the last two episodes they've done very well, very much blacklist-esque where they have the very short, they have a lot of information and they get you mm-hmm. everything you need in a very short intro scene before the credits. And I, I really liked how they set this one up. It was good. I noticed the the thing that that struck me the most about this episode, besides you know all the great um actual episode and the and the canon, was the fact that this is a very very well balanced show. In almost every episode, all characters get significant time. Yes, and significant you know good scenes. Chewy scenes. I've noticed that too. The writers have been fantastic on it. I mean, they, they're very balanced. I mean, yes, Scotty and Tom are the leads, but you see a lot from Solomon, a lot from Nez. We got a lot more Dumont this time. I That that scene between Dumont and, and Nez just left me wanting more. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, they just have done a phenomenal job with that. And I... The blacklist is hit and miss on theirs. I feel like some episodes they balance very well, and other episodes it's like, well, that was very, you know, insert character here heavy. Okay, and they they tend to focus in on... Like, it's a they, story. Yeah, if they know that, that it's going to be an Aram-heavy episode, Aram will have, like, little to nothing to do with the episode before that. Mm-hmm. Which is fine, and that may make sense for a longer show, but we and have And a eight, bigger cast. Yeah, a bigger cast, longer show, but we have eight episodes in in Redemption. Mm-hmm. They've got to get... I mean, they have super layered characters with deep build to them, and they've got to get all of that laid out, and they've done very well with it. I mean, they just... Every scene makes me want to know a little bit more about them, and which is, obviously, you don't want a scene that goes, eh... You know, I don't care about <laughs> I don't care about that guy's angry millennial brother, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna know why they don't speak anymore. I don't care. No, you want to go, Holy crap, what happened between them? You know, when did when did Flynn think he outsmarted him before? I wanna know all these stories. I wanna know mm-hmm. why Nez was so upset over this. You know, does she have siblings? Is she does she have connections to her military brothers? Like what she obviously has some sort of brother there. You know, I, that's good. That's how writing mm-hmm. should be, is make you want more. And mm-hmm. they, they do that perfectly. Yeah, I, I've noticed that. it's um, But it, it's 
I think because the blacklist is also very heavy on mythology, there is there is a bigger arc and there is there is so many layers happening. It's impossible that they do that because they they tend to go for depth rather than width. When they go into a character, you know, like Mako Tanida was all about wrestler. Even in in season um, three, when Liz is on the run three A, it's all about wrestler. You know, it was wrestler was in almost every scene. It was it was very very um, deep, and that's what they do with all the episodes. You get very heavy Aram episode, very heavy Samar episodes. So I think that that it just doesn't let itself as the as Redemption does. And like I said, it's a difference between mm-hmm. four seasons plus however many more seasons they get, and eight episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think that they're going to turn down a second season if they're handed it, but I also don't think that they really came into this going with the first and foremost goal being more than one season of Redemption. I think, and this this has been my theory. You've been a theory of yours. Yeah, it's it's been my ongoing theory for quite a while, and as more comes out, as the as Boken Camp speaks more, as different things come out, I... Nothing has really dissuaded me of this, and I honestly have just kind of burrowed in deeper into it with things that are said. That it's an arc. It's it's a way to tell a story. That it, it's a way to tell Tom's story without overshadowing their main characters, mm-hmm. Liz and, and Red, on the main show. Yeah. And so I, I think that that was the point of doing this. And yeah, hey, if they can carry a, a spinoff and make the franchise more money. They're not going to turn that down. No, but I, I, I think that there, there would be. Point. I think they would be aiming towards a sixteen season, um, sixteen episode season divided in two, as they're doing now, or maybe they would divide it in three, and basically fill every single gap of of blacklist except for the summer with redemption, which would be great because I hate gaps. I do too. I mean, and the only thing that makes me sad about that is I know that Ryan made a comment the other day that he's, you know, he doesn't think he'll be back on the main show until, like, the last episode or two. And I'm like, no, you've gotten me spoiled now. <laughs> like, I, but I if, said- if, if they do two seasons, I think they will be easier to plan ahead. That's true. They will get better at, at planning ahead. And I also think that, in a way, the King story was told already. I think that that we got we got what what they came for. We got the kings, and the kings I think are telling a very very important part of the mythology of the, of uh, the blacklist. And you know most of that was told. I think that when Megan got pregnant, something that was going to be told over the the, the course of more seasons, they just got compressed and pushed down into season three because I think part of the kings was to get an Agnes. And once we got an Agnes, uh, that the 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 whole story repeating itself was being told. But once we got redemption, um once we got Agnes, then redemption was kind of like this is the next place we're gonna go. And I've I've said it a long time ago that Red's list included people that could not be got by 
the FBI. Or now that we know that he also has a similar arrangement with MI6, God knows with how many others. But he needed a paramilitary operation to take some of those. And I think that getting his son-in-law in there was just perfect. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, especially... See, you know, when, when all the questions get answered about his parents and all the dust settles. I mean, poor Red is over there thinking that Dimbe has poisoned him, so I doubt he's paying a bit of attention to what's going on with Tom Keen at this moment, <laughs> which is probably in Tom's favor. Yeah, I, oh, I think so, but I think that also, it's interesting how we live the blacklist with a, basically a father thinking his son betrayed him, and go into redemption when a son is trying to find out what is going on with his parents. So it's very much in the family. Oh, and it, the blacklist is a family show. It's all about family on some level or another, adopted family, biological family, the, the fam, the friends that are so close with their family. I mean, there, there are so many different types of family in the blacklist. Mm. And that's one of the things I love about it. That's one of the things that draws me to it. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a family love story. It, it's it explores basically there is not a single kind of love that has not been explored on the blacklist. And and I found interesting that as we go into this episode, Scotty's reaction on betrayal of the country are so strong. Yeah, um, which is interesting because and and we'll get down to this when we talk about Tom, but. The, the man that supposedly had no, you know, avoids principles at all costs got pretty, pretty irritable about that as well. I think his uh, FBI uh, husband status was showing just a little in this last episode. I, I let's, think let's start I, I, in with Scotty. Yes, let's do Scotty. Very interesting stuff for Scotty. I mean, I, I gotta say. Uh, I am in awe of Famke. Um, I, I wasn't that, you know, the full disclosure, I wasn't that big a fan of her. When this started, I liked her. She was good. But I kind of say, I mean, she's she's really got me to be a big fan of hers. Yeah, I mean, I liked her really well out of, out of the X-Men series. Um, that's where I knew her from. I mean, this... this may sound a little shallow but like i mean she brings in she's an incredibly attractive woman she brings in a lot of guys i mean like there are a lot of guys with huge crushes on famka mm -hmm. which is fine she's gorgeous i mean if i were a guy i'd probably have a crush on her too um, hey as a woman in my 50s i love seeing a gorgeous woman in her 50s <laughs> you <go>. know <laughs> kicking ass you know I, I wish i looked that good now and i'm 30 you know <laughs> And so... Oh, you and me, sister. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, she's just she's gorgeous, and and she's she's at the same time vulnerable and incredibly strong. So it's a very appealing character. She pulls it off so well. Like if I were to look at a character description and see that, I would kind of squint at it and go, "Are you kidding me? You know that you sounds like you're trying to hit all the high points without you're going to be mm. all over the place." There, she pulls it off. And I, I never would have thought that until seeing it played on the screen. And I'm, sh I doubt there are very many actresses that can Could pull that yeah. white like she does. So I, it was very well casted. And, and it's interesting because as I first said that she's gonna be like the female red, I thought, ah, oh, that's gonna be a cheap imitation, and it isn't. She is like the female red without being 
a carbon copy. It's not like, oh, they took red and they made her female. So red with a womb is... Um, no. Gender swap. <laughs> yeah, no. This She's a very different kind of vulnerable. Well, red is not vulnerable at all. Red is very much, you know, derives his power from sheer uh, intellect power and being able yeah. to be... Uh, he's unflipped about anything. He can take anything and, and, and work with it. Funke is... Vulnerable and strong, and at the same time ruthless, and can say, "Hey, I need psychotherapy pills and people like you." <laughs> oh, so let's move. I, I know it's uh, off um, in our notes, but let's let's talk about Trevor because that's that's so tightly linked with Scotty. So the whole Trevor thing, the fact that she's willing to confide in him. I mean, how smart do you think that is as the head of a massive intelligence organization it, it depends on what she's confiding in him I, I would assume she's not confiding national secrets to him but I, th I think it's just personal things but <clears throat> even then either she knows that Trevor is an agent for somebody or she's genuinely left the way she spoke about Howard you know both are the funeral and personally to Tom and the way she was looking at the picture of them from a wedding anniversary, let me know that she truly loved Howard. And I think she was, in the four years um, last year, that they had been basically strange, I think that she was literally very sad and, and missing him enormously. So I think that it makes a sense that that is, that's going to be her weakness. Everybody's going to have a weakness. Do you trust Trevor? Oh hell no! He's so. She is. He is so much an agent for Howard because think about it. Howard knows exactly where she's going, and how is that going to be? Because she's not telling the detective everything that she's going to do or say or feel. I think that Trevor was put there because Howard would know exactly what she would go for and put him right in his way. And I don't think that Cat is either trustworthy. Cat really? is working for somebody else. Oh, yay. Oh, see, she's I trust Cat. I, I actually do trust Cat. I think she's kind of stupid right now because, I mean, she's she's smitten with Trevor. And she sh I feel like she should know better. You know, it's one of those sweethearts. Or really. is she smitten or is she actually find a way to know what, what Scotty is saying? And it's possible, but I, I kind of She was wearing a plaid. <laughs> a plaid suit the other a plaid uh, dress the other day yeah <laughs> yeah i but they were also talking about his um his medication when she was mm -hmm. which is something that's kind of iffy now, yeah with cat i my my impression of cat and i don't know if this is the impression that they just want me to have and so i have it which happens sometimes or if this is really her Silly blonde. I just, I just don't know. No, um, I just don't know enough about her yet to to know for sure if the the first reaction is the correct one. I feel like she's an incredibly intelligent person, or else she wouldn't be working for Scotty. She wouldn't have worked with the company as long as it sounds like she has. Mm -hmm. But she's intimidated. I think that she's incredibly intimidated by Scotty. I think she almost hero hero worships Scotty. I think that she's her mentor. That she respects her greatly and she wants to help her in any way she can that's the reason she canceled date a personal date of hers mm -hmm. so that the guy could go sleep with scotty 
and give her a chance to vent her frustrations. Mm. I I like Cat. I think she's a little. Did you notice her, that I she had counsel? I think she's out of her league. I think she's she had, out. Of, I think she's out of you, her league. You think that I? I think that she canceled that that date before she knew that Scotty hadn't found. Before she officially found out that Scotty had not found. Uh, uh, Christopher. Well, either way, she canceled it for Scotty, so that for she Scotty, could either yes. rejoice in it or be sad in it. Whichever route it took, she gave up her personal date with the guy, mm -hmm. so that the guy could go hop into bed with Scotty and alleviate either alleviate tension or mm -hmm. be there to to listen to and celebrate with her. I mean, that's that that's kind of intense. I mean, if she's on the up and up and. Mm -hmm. and and that's with the blacklist. You always kind of have to approach it with if this character's being honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but currently, the way I see Cat is that she she very much respects Scotty. She very much wants to be like Scotty, but she's just. Mm. I think she may be a little bit too honest for the organization. Come <laughs> talking about that. What do you think made Scotty immediately pull? Solomon out of an incredibly important mission to go chase. What was about the fact that because it couldn't have been that Tom had a, a, a secret source. Everybody got secret sources that don't want to give up. Absolutely. And I mean, it could have been a source from prior to working for her, which it probably would have been because it just didn't want to be in the middle of Halcyon, which would make sense. There have mm -hmm. got to be tons of secret sources that she doesn't know the names of, and she's just going to have to be okay with that. And, no, I, I'm right there with you. I, I don't know yet what it was that tipped her off, but there's something about the fact that he knew that name coming in that tipped Yeah, that her it was in, in you about... Because they already knew Brian Mayhew was involved in the in the whole thing because he was one, one of the escapees. Mm -hmm. So it was the fact that Tom comes in immediately, gives out that information at the same time that they have just dug that out. That makes me think that Brian Mayhew may have been involved with, with um, Howard or fake Howard. I, 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 there's something in that whole thing, or maybe she's just very good at reading people. And Tom came out as KG, and she thought, hey there's something here. I mean, yeah. if like mother, like son, I mean, she didn't get there by being unable to read people. There, there was this great, I was uh, working on a gift set this morning and there was this, um, this great scene when, when Solomon calls her to say, you know, that, that he'd found him and that, you know, he was hiding something. And when she hangs up the phone right before she walks out of the, the hotel room, she gets this kind of look on her face. I went, oh my gosh, that's an entirely Tom sort of look. Just that kind of head tilt and shaking the head and frustrated and, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I can't wait to go find one of those looks from Tom and put them together on, on Tumblr. That's my, my goal for after we finish recording the podcast today. That I, I found this episode very, very much interesting in, in terms of the things that we found out about Scotty. The way she was reacting with the fakes, um, the fake Phelps. What did you think about that? Hmm. <laughs> um, 
I don't think she caught on to that they were fake. Mm-mm, I, I not think at she all. was completely like, her, her like her, Tom. Yeah. Overwhelmed her, with emotion. Oh yeah, and poor unable Tom to as read. Well. And I mean, as soon as she walked in and sat down with them, I, I already I, I went into it very skeptical of them because you've got Tom who has been described and who's been shown in the show as having never known love before Liz. And so if he lived with these people between the ages of four and fourteen, so ten years in that home and never felt loved, there's something wrong there. They could have been hired to to bring him in. They could have been just terrible people. They could have just not had a clue how to handle a kid like him with all the issues and just... Like Cyprus not... uh, agency? Yeah, exactly. And just, I mean, it, but honestly, with it being the blacklist, that's probably the least likely, is that it's something less evil. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling he went through quite a bit of emotional and maybe even physical abuse within that home over the years. So I went into it not trusting Frank and Eva Phelps. And so when she sat down with them and started talking to them, it just, I said, I'm like, they are hiding something. And they bring out this mm-hmm. picture of this little brown eyed boy. And I'm going, you know, <laughs> that's not him. And, uh, well- I came in thinking that they were the fake, they were fake um, Phelps. As soon as she opened the door and we see this apparently normal family in an apparently wealthy area and they are like, uh, 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 you know, we were told the mother was an addict. They couldn't have been told the mother was an addict because basically they didn't know. The boy didn't even know his last name. He just appeared there and nobody knew. If they had known the mother was an addict, they would have known the the boy's last name. But they didn't. Maybe. So that to me was like, "Eh, this is not being, you know, this is not above board. Something is being hidden here. Yeah. And and they they were like too normal. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. That's what I said when I saw their photo for the behind the scenes photo i think ali blacklist over on Mm -hmm. tumblr uh, Mm -hmm. put it out and i said they just look so normal i said this with everything that we know reading between the lines of tom keen and his past they wouldn't be that normal (laughs) you know he didn't have a normal life there's a reason that he wants that normal life with liz it's because Mm -hmm. he's never really had it and and so I, it's the major even said, I'm not, I'm not surprised that you stole that. I'm surprised you didn't steal more considering your foster situation. Yeah. And so, so something there was not right. Even a, one of these things just doesn't belong there. <laughs> exactly. It's like one of those little, so, uh, but I found that when she's sitting there and, and, and she's crying you know, thinking of the boy, and, and and she's trying so hard to not be, you know, normal Scotty. She's trying to be, you know, like soft, and I know Jacob is his name. He's like, he's not, she's not trying to take anything from them. She's not trying to take the name that they gave her son. It's, a, it's, it's such a level of vulnerability that I am now finding extremely hard to believe that she's not the real Scotty. I... Yeah, this episode definitely has flipped me over to trust Scotty a whole lot more than, than Howard. I 
I, I've started trusting her a lot more. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. We have seen her alone signing the death certificate. We, you know, you could have said, well, she was in Alcyon, so maybe there were eyes. We've seen her in her home looking at the pictures of Kevin's birthday, um, of Kevin's riding a bicycle. We've seen her looking at pictures of Howard in, in trying to find a good one for the funeral. We have seen her alone, um, you know, looking over and, and, and all these things that have happened away from the from the public eye that we have seen that she's truly um, torn about Christopher. So I don't think that that is not her son. Maybe she's not the real Scotty. Maybe she went in there with, a, with an agenda. The thing but is I'm trusting her more than Howard because Howard is displaying zero emotion. The thing is it's with with Scotty. We were given that so early in, in the blacklist. It's never that clear, <laughs> you know. It's there are always so many twists and turns. So mm -hmm. yeah, I I really more and more I don't think she's fake. Yeah, she probably has a whole lot of secrets. There was a, a leak, mm -hmm. I guess yesterday or day before that said something about, you know, when all all these unknown family secrets come to light or something like that. I was like, I think mm -hmm. there are probably a lot of secrets about this family we don't even know that we don't know. That are going to mm -hmm. come out of seemingly left field for the audience and for Tom. And he's just going to be like, really? You know? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Can we not have a little bit of something normal? <laughs> it's like this poor guy. You've got Katerina Rostova is his mother-in-law. Who is maybe dead, maybe not. You don't know. But a master she, spy. Yeah, sure. master spy. And then you had what he, what Liz thought was, was her father and Tom's father-in-law, Alexander Kirk. Who, who tried to kill him. Who tried to kill him multiple times. Who kidnapped his wife and daughter. Who held his daughter away from them. It, it just... And then... The who was real... going to jump off a roof with his daughter. Exactly. And then you've got Red, who is... Whatever he is. You know, father-in-law by, if nothing else, acting it. You know, and he's Raymond Reddington. And then you've got his folks, who are... <laughs> Crazy <laughs> Howard and... <laughs> Super secretive, hey, Scotty. <laughs> they're making, and the funny thing is, you know, I, I've and I've remarked this over and over, how Tom seems to trust Red implicitly more than Liz ever does. He's like, oh no, 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 I can't go to to Scotty because Red said that if I did, I would never find that. But Liz is like, well, I don't think you have no choice. So it's interesting how um, underneath all that. There is a little something about Tom being able to trust Red. And I wonder if he still remembers from when he was a child that he trusted his father. Yeah, I I do. One of my pet theories that I love is the idea of, of Red and Howard having been good friends when little Christopher was there in the house. And, and Red having met little Chris. You know, I mean, like that just... I, I, I think I've mentioned it before that I've got a, uh, a headcanon that I want to work into some story mm -hmm. somewhere where Red gives Christopher a little red boat. Because everything seems to be a red boat everywhere throughout the blacklist. Mm -hmm. Gives him a little red boat, you know, to play with because he loves the ocean and the red one. To be like the one, uh, like the little one that had um, the the big guy in the woods uh, skinning people, um, Matthew the... The um, secret son of of Gareth Pearl, he had a little red boat that oh, he played he? with in his tub, 
<laughs> with a little totem pole. I'd forgotten about that. But yeah, something yeah. along those lines. You know, I just, I, I would love for Tom to come across something and be like, why does this seem, you know, why, why does this seem so familiar? And Red be like, oh, I know that. <laughs> It'd be fantastic for me. Like, between mm -hmm. that and Tom and Liz as small children playing on the beach, I would, I mean, I would just be so happy. <laughs> I was rewatching the whole thing yesterday, and I came across again the, um, and I was watching it on, on high resolution this time, and I came across that, that birthday party. I think two of those girls are Liz and Jennifer. I hope so. <laughs> It'd be fantastic. It would it would tie in so nicely. Okay, so uh, we've got Scotty and trusting her more. I I am terrified that Howard's a baddie. And Tessa and I were discussing this before we started recording today. I, I am okay with Howard being a pod person as long as the real Howard is somewhere being, you know, pumped for information or something. They end up getting the real Howard back because I just, poor Tom, even if it, it's kind of better late than never sort of situation, the man needs a father in his life, not a father-in-law, a father, <clears throat> you know, I, I just, yeah, he needs his mom in his life, but good grief. The only father figure he's really had was Bud McCready, and that's such a terrible example. And so I just, I desperately want him to have a dad. And and so if Howard really is, you know, fake or something like that, because it, it matches up. I mean, there were multiple times that he could have, that fake Howard could have become fake Howard. You know, the, yeah. the plane the crash. Yeah. I mean, he could have been replaced with the plane crash. He could have been replaced four years ago when he started, you know, going crazy. Acting weird, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are multiple periods, and what better way to throw someone off of that and try to get them to... And, and I've thought about it before, the fact that he is basically taking Scotty's long-lost son, whom she has been looking for, and secretly turning him against her. That's cruel. I mean, that's well. That's you know, in, in really the, the way he's doing it, kind of makes sense. He's a terrible person. But I found interesting that there is all these things that he's saying that don't make any sense. For example, he keeps insisting that Scotty is not real Scotty, yet he talks about Christopher being her son, Tom being her son. But if she's a fake Scotty, then she's not anybody's mother. Yeah. So why are, you know, why is he getting all confused with that? Because it doesn't make any sense to me. It's it just becoming, you know, more and more apparent that, you know, however trustworthy he is because we're geared to distrust um, Scotty because of Red saying that, you know, she's manipulative and untrustworthy. I think that there is something. And also because, I mean, do you realize that you found your lost, your long lost son and you have not even inquired, how are you? Are yeah. you okay? I, I mean, t talk to me about your child. I have a grandchild. Most people get crazy when they hear about a grandchild. Scotty was like holding that little baby. Like, oh my God, I could imagine this being my grandchild and it's just yeah. be like, Without even knowing Agnes was her grandchild, she was still, there was just that instinct there. 
And that's that's one of the things. I mean, I, I get out in the park when when he first found him. I understand that because he was like the satellites. They're watching me. Let me mm-hmm. get my tin hat. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I understand not wanting to to show that physical, you know, like to hug him or, to, and maybe even out of a respect <coughs> over this this guy doesn't know me anymore. Mm-hmm. But are you gonna tell me that when they're in the apartment, away from everybody, away from the potentially prying eyes? When they're talking about this, he doesn't, I mean, not once does he seem to care that Tom is free, in full freakout mode. That yeah. these people, these terrible people from his past, are about to come crashing back down into his present. Because not only is this his his cover on the line, but what if the Phelpses, I mean, they probably have a lot of bad things on him. I mean, he was pretty delinquent in his youth i mean there's just mm-hmm. a lot there not to mention the emotional mm-hmm. baggage there that he's probably buried so deep that's now crashing back to the forefront yeah he, he's doing the blinking heart like oh, every so five much. seconds when he's with <laughs> with howard and, and i also find interesting because the more the more it contrasts for example red which you know whatever you believe he's a, the biological father he acts like a father to Liz, so i'm just gonna call him a father he is um when he gets out of of uh, of Kirk's clutches, the first thing he wants to do is he wants to go hug Liz and hug his grandchild. Exactly. Pick up his grandchild. It's exactly the same thing that Scotty did. It's the first thing they want to do is to hold that child and either imagine or 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 just bask in the fact that they have a grandchild. And Howard does not even have a picture of Agnes. He has pictures of Tom up until 2015 when he comes back from Dresden, but no recent pictures, which lets me know that for me, it was just about finding, and I think that maybe that is a time where Howard was exchanged or when Howard, you know, maybe stopped looking or or he was not okay because otherwise you would have kept recording it. It's just a a natural thing. You would have wanting pictures of your son. You would have kept taking pictures of him. Okay, here's a thought. Mm-hmm. Um, what if Howard was the real Howard up until a replacement happened around the end of season one's finale? Because Tom was thought dead for four months while he was in the boat. Uh, and mm-hmm. then some, and then probably a couple months more until he showed up in the, you know, to, to try to clear Liz's name uh, with in the Tom Keen episode. And so what if how the Mm-hmm. Oh, what what if the real Howard found mm-hmm. the link to Jacob and mm-hmm. then and then basically thought my son's dead you know what what if Scotty was part of the reason that he disappeared and then Howard found all that that would be a reason to cut it all off to get angry at Scotty you know several years ago to change and then somewhere in there the fake Howard takes over and that's why you have pictures from that period. Or they let him be until he found Tom because Tom was essential to their plan. Tom was a way to then get fake Howard, who never knew Howard, installed in Alcyon and then have Tom kill Scotty. Then they get, you know, basically a Russian operative in charge of a large intelligence gathering operations, which is one of the largest U.S private military contractors. And then they kill Tom in an accident, 
accidents happen. And then you have basically Alcyon in the hands of a, a Russian operative. And that would be just scary. Yeah. And, I mean, like, there's so many possibilities there. And so, like I said, I'm, I'm okay with that as long as the real Howard is still alive. <laughs> because it, it makes, it does make a lot of sense. Because he's just been, and I've said this before, that he's reacting like a handler, not like a father. He reminds mm-hmm. me a great deal of McCready right now. It's not, this is my son that I've been missing, that I've been looking for all these years. This is Tom Keen who is useful to me. Yeah. You know, and that's, it's killing me a little inside because it's just going to cement even more that idea into Tom that people can only love him if he's useful. You notice also that he, he has not even once called him or tried to call him Christopher. I have, yeah. And that's, to me, that's very bizarre. And so I feel like... Even if he's trying to be respectful. Exactly. It's, that, that's... If you've been looking for your, I mean, Scotty did with the Phelps, with the fake Phelpses. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christopher, I mean, Jacob. I mean, that's what a parent does. You call them by their name that you gave them, that you've been mm-hmm. calling them all these years, whether they've been there or not. Mm-hmm. And so it just, yeah, there, there are so many questions with Howard and it would make. Because I, I've said before that I feel like the way that they're forming him up with how crazy he seems to be, I don't know how they're going to fix that. And so if he's if he's a fake Howard, that would make more sense to me. Yeah, he has to appear crazy because he can make a lot of sense. Some of the things that they're never going to get everything right. I mean, that replacement program is something that you can do for a long time will not work. It would not work until the per- and because there are people who know that. And that is something that we have seen with Scotty. Scotty has Kevin's mother. She has people, I mean, Red recognizes her. So it's impossible for, for them to have to do that on a long term basis. That's something you said in when we uh, covered um, independence. Mm-hmm. But it is easy to do if anybody else is dead or, you know, then you have a big thing like, oh, my God, you know, he was, you know, his wife is killed and everybody's killed. And then, you know, that this, he's, he's going to be a little loopy. Everyone close that could look at him and say there's something weird going on here is gone, you know, and so only people that would know him at a distance. Like, and exactly. So- like, like, and that's exactly what they're gearing to do because now Tom has never met the real Howard. He has no idea to know if that's, he only knows he looks like Howard, which is yeah. exactly what the pop people were supposed to do, you know, down, right down to tattoos and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there could, anything? I was going to say, they could have Howard, they could have the real Howard stored away somewhere for information. For, in, for intelligence, and that because you wouldn't sense. kill him. Yeah, that yeah. would make sense keep him hold him and then it may be because there was that behind the scenes that that came out i think on ryan's uh twitter a couple days ago with him just beat to hell on a rooftop with howard and so i'm wondering Mm -hmm. if it's going to come out that he's fake and maybe maybe the last episode is him is he and scott rescuing yeah rescuing howard yeah I also, because obviously there is a point in which they seem to be together because they seem Howard and, and their odds on each other. So it seems like at one point um, they get together. Um, it, it's it's a very, very uh, um, interesting situation because, I mean, it's the eight episodes. It makes such a big difference. Um, do you got any more on, on Howard? 
No, that that's most of what I've got on him. It's there's a lot of questions. <laughs> Shall we go into pretty boy? Oh, Solomon. <laughs> Matthias. I have such a crush on that man. Eddie. <laughs> that scene oh. with them. Oh my gosh. I can't Oh that I I love I had to watch like... it three times because I couldn't I was laughing so hard I couldn't hear them. Oh I know. I've watched it so many times. I can't even express. And I gift it. That was my first gift set that I put out Friday morning. And I'm just I, I just love sitting there and watching it because it's just so funny because you've got you've got this poor cop that's the partner who's just sitting there looking at Tom like shut up. <laughs> yeah, the the, the 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 whole thing was perfection. I mean, the two cops are like, oh no no no, I I'm not getting involved I in this. So bad for them. Like... And then you know, like like Solomon appealing to the black cop, and 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 and, and everybody's like, oh, I don't want to touch this with a ten foot pole. <laughs> it's like I'm out of here. And the lady cop, I love the. What was it? Uh, you fellas have a good day. <laughs> She's just yeah. like, I'm done. You people are crazy. <laughs> Love and I love. Didn't didn't you love the lineup? But you have no no black artists, and then Tom started <laughs> naming the rainbow, and the rainbow got no like none of the colors of the rainbow actually are there. I knew I was like. And then what is Tupac's middle name? And oh, it was just priceless. I mean, it, and it's great because they take something that is such on the forefront of of um you know, of, of our nation in this moment and makes it into this. I mean. Not any the less poignant, but so humorous moment because it, it was just perfect. It was a perfect thing to get the cop away from there as fast as possible. And and on a oh, it was just it was so amazing. <laughs> I love that scene. That could and be then, my favorite scene ever. Didn't you love like like Tom is giving is telling Solomon what to do? Like he's wearing the the jumpsuit, the jumpsuit. So Solomon puts it on. Then one of the guy had grab uh, um ab um. A tool and he has a tool in his hands and he's fixing the oh it was, it was I mean they worked so well together they did that. they worked fantastic together and and, and Solomon is like pushing the gun into into the under the sink. <laughs> like the, the unconscious people all around <laughs> and they're just they're, they were so in sync with each other for the fact that it kind of looked like Tom was setting him up <laughs> just love it yeah, it, it, it was just <laughs> Perfect, perfect. Um, I think it's it's like that's what good undercover ops do. Um, they do that, and it, it remind me a little bit of that. Scene, you know that I always said that's what it was between Red and and Carla when she feeds him the line about uh, the miserable housewife, and then he goes with it. So I think that that a good a good uh, operatives are are they're good about working together. They get those lines and they feed off each other, and it was just perfect. It, it was. was just perfect. And I loved, I loved the scene directly before it, too, The when when they were taking the those guys out. I, I'm a big fan of very well-choreographed fight scenes. I'm not mm, talking about, like, like, you know, an hour-long fight scene. That's kind of boring to me. But, like, real close in hand-to-hand combat, fast, well-choreographed. I, I love that stuff. And Eddie and it Brian, was a classic too. Oh, you know, beautiful. you get a, a two, no one behind you, no one behind you. It was a classic. I mean, they they make those so many times, and and this was you know great because it was so dramatic, and then going into that humorous second scene was just it, it flowed so well. It was so perfect, and, and 
And we found that Solomon is awesome at hand-to-hand combat, too. Yeah, because usually he keeps his distance. That was something I found very interesting. And it's not that he needs to keep his distance, it's that he chooses to. And I kind of... He always... He always... He's always so funny with, like, when there's blood, he's got his handkerchief out and <laughs> wiping it off and stuff. So, you know, you... I don't think he really prefers getting his hands dirty, but he's not above that. He's... Mm-mm. He'll do it, you know? Yeah. If the situation calls for it, he'll do it. Yeah, and... whether he's a chain, a bunch of balls, or just beating somebody up with his bare hands, he's good at it. Yeah, and I also found it interesting, and I know that you had commented that it sounded like all of them were delivered back. I don't know, because they never spe- specified that they were delivered back alive. Well, um, they said three back in custody. Yeah, well... Not three recovered. But three back in custody. It sure looked like he broke one of those guys' neck. I mean, he certainly twisted hard, and the guy went down really hard. Mm. But, um, I mean, because I, I, I gift the scenes. I, I, mm. I did a set on Tumblr with the individual guys. So, I mean, I've got, like, one or two seconds gifts. So mm. I, I saw each individual frame for those. Mm. And it really looked like he broke that guy's neck. And you had... It was interesting juxtaposing Solomon breaking his the guy's neck and Tom suffocating. Not, not suffocating, but, like, you know, knocking him out by suffocation. Mm. And the difference in approach there. Because, I mean, obviously Tom has never had a great deal of problem with killing people when he needs to. He's mm. got quite a <laughs> quite a list behind him of quite, quite a few dead bodies in his trail. But since Agnes has been born, it, it's that moment when he was... When when he had the guy and he found Agnes watching him at the end of season three. Mm-hmm. Since mm-hmm. that point, I have seen a small, very subtle change in Tom where his go-to was not killing. He will. Mm-hmm. he's He will do it if that's what it takes to, you know. But he that that's not his immediate go-to. If he can do something to knock the person out, he will. And I think it's an interesting and very, very subtle shift that they've made with his character. Oh, I, I, I thought that they were alive because they said they'd been, um, they'd been apprehended. They're, they're back in custody. I don't think that they would refer us back in custody for a corpse. But you know, it may have been that they filmed several scenes and then this, they kept the best five scene and then they put the ones in which they kept them, um, they kept them alive. Yeah. I mean, it's not a big deal, but no. Um, it was very interesting, and Solomon also had this this interesting thing. How he is, he is absolutely loyal, and that is a very important thing. And his first loyalty is to Scotty. I mean, he has no problems in, um, in uh, um, following Tom or reporting on Tom. And it the it the reaction of Scotty when she finds that out is very interesting. She instead of she was just beginning to relax with Trevor and immediately just leaves the envelope in in the uh, in the night table and leaves. And just just a small prediction I have for next episode because <laughs> we we get the plane episode next episode. That's what that adorable little girl that we saw the the interview for. Did you see that when it was going around the internet? Oh yeah, the, the little the pigtail girl that that crying and everything. She was so cute. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And uh, th- that's this coming episode, this next week. Um, but th- there's a, from the 
preview for next week for the uh, mm. the clip. It looked like the girl that is supposed to to be crying. Yeah, uh, it yeah. looked like Solomon was going out the you know getting pulled out the the uh, door the there. And so I I bet you that Tom's gonna save his life, and that's what can, what's gonna keep them on the the steady for the last you know for a couple episodes. And mm. so, but I I also think that there's a really good chance that Solomon and Tom are gonna come head to head at some point. Yeah, I find interesting what they said um, that he reaches out to an un, to an unlikely ally, and I, it can be Ness because Ness will be will be a likely ally. It can be Liz because Liz obviously will be a likely ally. So it's either somebody on the post office or it's even Solomon. Maybe I see. I, I went with Ness. Ness was my my go to for that because of her loyalties to to Howard. Yeah, I, I, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very interesting relationship they're setting up between those three guys in and Dumont. Um, but those, the three actual operatives that are in the field that depend on one another are, you know, it's certainly very interesting because Tom has that line, you know, enemy combatant and and all that. Um, it's, it's Solomon certainly is a, a very interesting. Uh, character to explore and they've set him up so well and the moment they made him to be about loyalty um they set up a a, a redemption for him mm-hmm. oh yeah and i'm just i'm waiting for the shoe to drop to find out more about his past because we're going to get an episode soon that just info drops on us because like i said halfway through we're going to have to have something soon on him that's, mm. that's real deep on that and so what, what <coughs> parallel were you oh how uh t- how um actually you made it um the uh, we have Scotty setting Tom setting oh, Solomon yeah. to on Tom yeah uh the the fact that you can parallel that to the beginning of the blacklist with with wrestler spy basically spying on Liz because they didn't trust Liz coming in which I mean it made sense I mean and. Fourth on the black, fourth on the uh, America's Most Wanted comes in and says, "I will only speak to Elizabeth Keene." You know, who the I hell will is be El- following her? Yeah, yeah, who the hell is Elizabeth Keene? You know, of course, you don't trust her coming in. I mean, that that was pretty pretty normal. But you've got the same thing with, and I'm gonna eventually make a gift set of it um, with wrestler walking in with Howard and saying, or not Howard, uh, with uh, Harold and saying, you know. Elizabeth Keene's been lying to us or whatever. I, I don't remember verbatim the the quote, mm-hmm. but where he where he puts mm-hmm. down the ballistics report. You were right. Elizabeth Keene's been hiding something from us. Yeah, that's it. And then you've got Solomon in there, and he says, you know, I don't know what it is yet, but but Tom Keene doesn't want us to know or something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's I'm not. It's we're recording this in the morning. I've not had enough coffee for my my verbatim quotes yet. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I'm 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 an hour ahead, so I'm full of caffeine heated. Um, do you have anything more on Solomon, or should we go on Ness? Oh, uh, let's go to Ness. It's, um, I I really want to know how she's func. Like, I feel like that's gonna come to a to a point with her drug use. Um, I I did love that comment that um that Scotty made to I think his name was Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that ran the security firm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He said, how much did your honor go for? Mm-hmm. And 
I think that paralleled very nicely with the fact that Nez refused to give up anything from her job to, to pay for the drugs. Like, yes, she's going down a slippery slope, but she's not crossed that line. And she was very adamant about not crossing that. And as, as worried as I am for her, that means a lot right there. That she's, mm. that she's not willing to compromise her honor for this. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, parallel, too, because we're getting also shades of wrestler who also was getting the pain down with drugs. And she was obviously clean because Howard had been there and helping her. And the moment Howard is missing and supposed dead, is um, she's back in there. I also find interesting that she must have another way Either they're setting her up so eventually she does compromise the job or they're setting her up for what is he doing with the money? Because an operative in there, their salary is at least on six figures. Yeah. These are not people paid, paid cheaply. One of these gets six or seven figures easily. Yeah. She should have. Enough money Plenty money drugs. for whatever. So there is something else that she's supporting. I would not be surprised if there is a child, if there is, you know, that she, you know, that she's supporting a, a former uh, um, um, military unit person mm-hmm. that is, Some you know, a, a disabled. Yeah, yeah some something that she's supporting because she should not have that kind of problems with money. I mean, you can see that the way she's dressed, it's like this is a person who had money. She's not cheaply dressed. She's not. So obviously there's something that her money's going for and, and it's that she's not even willing to let go to feed her habit. Yeah. And that's, I like that parallel. I like, I like that being brought to the, to the forefront there. And uh, I do wonder if it's going to come to a point sometime in the field within the next couple episodes in which something happens that her drug habit, either she's high in the field or she's starting to go through withdrawals in the field, what have you, but it puts either Solomon or Tom in a very compromising position. Because I don't think it'll be putting her in a position. I think it'll be putting one of her partners in that. Like like Wrestler did. Yeah. In, and if, in, if um... If it's Tom, it'll be really interesting to see if he's if they kind of parallel him with his dad, and he's the one that helps bring her back down. Well, you know, if they're going for a parallel, I think it would be him because, you know, we're getting wrestler parallels with with that. So, and Liz supported wrestler. It, it you know she didn't write him out, which is what she had had to do if she had been following the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, she basically supported and trusted him that he could eventually drop that on his own. And he did. And he did. Yeah. And and I think that Nez will as well. Um, I have a friend that, that likes Nez real well over on, on Tumblr. And she said, well, I just hope they don't kill her in an overdose. I said, I don't think that's... I, I don't see that happening. That actually had never crossed my mind. Because you don't build a character like her up. and like it's Coming from a storytelling point of view... What's the point of that? What's the point no. of just killing her off from an overdose? That's, I mean, no, yeah, they're, if, if they're this were just a, going to get her. If this were just a, you know, just a normal drama on TV where they're just going for your emotions, okay, maybe. But that they're very purposeful on everything they do on this show. Mm. And so, no, yeah. it's it's gonna come into the forefront. 
but I don't, I don't think it'll cost her for life, uh, at least not like that. Um, but, but I, I very much, I, I'm very interested in the route they're taking with this. I think that that eventually she's going to get clean up, and she will be instrumental in in getting uh, the real Howard out of whatever uh, hole he's in, mm-hmm. um, because it would be a very a very um, important thing for her to do. Because then, um, I think it would go a long way towards making her kick the habit that she's not anymore indebted to to Howard. Because I think that for anybody, it's not a good place to be. Yeah. being indebted to someone yeah and so and it'd be i think it would be very interesting to see her form that bond with howard's son form a very similar bond like she did with howard i, I just there are so many routes this could take that would be just fascinating on the character development level and we get to talk uh dumont oh dumont we have, we, yeah we haven't gone yes to... okay so I loved, I loved all of that. Adrian's just, he's amazing. Um, but I feel like with with that conversation that he and Nez, she was just so distraught over the idea that a brother could be, could so easily betray another brother. And so it makes, going back to what you said over you think that she's she's supporting someone, it could be... A biological brother that she has you know some sort of sibling or someone that you know someone from her unit when she was in the middle east you know when she was fighting mm-hmm. and you know that that has become her sibling you know because they mm-hmm. fought together you know um and it, it was so interesting to see because that loyalty means so much to her and mm-hmm. that that's like we were talking about with solomon that 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 pulls in for for the the viewer that that endears the loyalty the, the loyalty endears yeah yeah <laughs> yep exactly it is a, it's a running theme of the blacklist is is. is is loyalty is a very important thing it is and so i i really want to know more about dumont's brother i i really want to know about why nez had that reaction i just the whole thing fascinated me and it makes me want to know more about the characters that scene with the brother was very interesting because Dumont was you know obviously very reluctant to talk about obviously he had not even said that his brother was a hacker um or any of that you know basically he's a hacker on the bad side he's anti-government and he's working for the government well not for the government but for a private contractor sanctioned by the government so there is there is a whole level there that that Dumont is also keeping secrets um, from everybody and and obviously it seemed like you know Dumont was a, was the uh, the the happy brother or the the beloved brother and then not anymore. Well, he's he's also um, Flynn was his half brother because he said your dad your was right. Yeah. Or, yeah, your father was right. Your father, your dad, you mm-hmm. know, whichever. But it was your, not our. And so mm-hmm. it sounds like it was a half-brother. Yep. So. It's it's a very interesting situation, and I think it was a great scene because it's, you know, Dumont is not really showing much emotion when he's with him. But when he's taking out those, those um, the little box in the car, you know, you can see that there is... You know, a regret there, a, a lot of pain. There's, loss, there's yeah. you know, that the 
his brother has this isn't the first time he said he's nothing if not predictable and so he's done this before he screwed him over before mm-hmm. yeah but it, but he's done that before and so this is nothing new he he knew i don't think dumont thought when he walked in there he knew he was going to turn him down and the whole point was manipulating him to make Th- that, that was yeah so it, because he already had that in and he already had that set up so there was there was something in that whole scene that was you know painful but you know it's like i guess you gotta get you gotta get hard if you have to to survive in that kind of thing so there was pain and he was using that pain to manipulate his brother into doing what he wanted him to do which was to simply betray him give him the opportunity to betray him one more time and use that betrayal for some good yeah and so i mean and I mean, he gave him the chance to do the, you know, to be loyal mm-hmm. to him, and obviously Flynn didn't care, <laughs> you know. No. And so, which I think it's uh, leads us to Tom. Yes. Okay. What one of my one thing that really stuck out to me was back in season three. I guess it was three A when um, when Tom and Wrestler were buckled down in the the uh, cabin fighting the cabal mm-hmm. he makes the comment and as as solomon and his people are trying to shoot him <laughs> you know mm-hmm. uh, on the outside he says principles are a bitch man i avoid them at all costs and at the time it was like mm, maybe ish like i i think that he would have liked to think he did but mm. i mean tom had his own set of principles that he lived by he did. Of course, otherwise he wouldn't be avoiding them. He wouldn't even have them. Yeah. You can't avoid what you don't have. That's fair. <laughs> but I think that he has really come into his own with, with certain principles. And I think becoming a father and just really getting settled in himself, you know, mm-hmm. where he's accepted. Because he spent so many years not accepting himself. He he hid under various masks, under various personas. He, I think he's accepted himself as he is now. And, you know, he, he's so many things and he's coming to terms with this. And that's part of going and in, in learning about his folks and such now and his family. But because of that, he's kind of developed some principles that he's mm. he's okay with having. And uh, I love the comments that, oh, so in addition addition to your charming personality, you are also an enemy combatant. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, he just, there was a little bit of judgment there, you know. By a little bit, I do mean a lot, you know. And so you've got that parallel with with Scotty's uh, comment Mm -hmm. about honor, you know, and how. But I also think that some of it's the fact that, you know, his wife works for the FBI, you know, so there's there's a little bit of that 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 seeps in, I think, over time, in which mm. you know, not not saying particularly that her morals become his, but you know, he loves her, he respects her, and so you know, I don't have the same outlook about this as you do. Okay, where are you coming from? I think that because you know that I've always had this feel that Tom and we have learned some of this that Tom has always been um, a good guy. Um, we see this. See, you did a hard link like Tom did just then. Just now. <laughs> no, um, I think that is is it's. Um, I, I I'm coming from 
Tom has always been one of the good guys. Tom may not have been able to tell this everything because he may have been bound by honor not to or by promise. He may have said the same. Oh, he may have said something to, to Liz that we just haven't learned yet. Um, but I think that Tom has been doing jobs for the government and is a reason why his identity has been like Teflon. Nothing sticks to Tom Keen. Tom Keen's is in suspect in a, in a murder. Wiped. Tom Keen is is now uh, a, a presumed dead, but uh, you know tied to Berlin case. Uh, basically, a terrorist. Wiped down. It's oh, I'm going to get a job at a school. I mean, we're not talking about. I'm just going to get a job as a CEO of a company. I'm going to get a job teaching kids to get you know to get background checks. So there is something in all this that is telling me, I think that Tom has always had principles. His principles go by another book than Wrestler because he's not, never been really a a, um, a a cop. He's always been intelligent. So I think that he's always had them. You know, um, he has to go against them in order to bring a mission. Uh, but he... I have a feeling that this is not the first time he has done that. And we found that when he was in Rabat with, with Anna Copland uh, uh, trying to get Leland Bray out. That, now we've seen a bunch of other things and maybe we thought, oh, he's he's shady, he's doing them for Berlin, or maybe he wasn't just doing them from the government. I mean, we have no idea ever found that what happened to Victor Fokin in, uh, in uh, The Courier. Who killed him and why is something that we have no idea. And so I don't know. I think that there is there is something to what you are saying that I see. I see that being with Liz, I, I definitely see that being a father has altered his his outlook on, on what is acceptable and what is not. He's, he's definitely more, he will be willing to sacrifice a mission to save a child or a person. That is something that I think the old Tom King would never have done. He would have been like red. In fact, that's that lovely scene that they caught and I keep bringing back. <laughs> I'm like, this is like my, my motive is they caught that scene that I wanted so bad where, you know, he, when red is telling him that he compromised a mission. So he's no longer, you know, he's no longer the operative that he used to be. And I, I think that there is something to that. So th that was my take is like, yes, he had had principle. He obviously is a patriot. I mean, he was very offended by the fact that, they, that there is this, this operative that is this um, contract that is supposed to bring national security. And instead, he's being that. And he was the one who took that phone. Without that phone, they wouldn't have had any way of proving anything. Yeah, I I, I would like to point out that I thought it was a little absurd that as Jack's walking out, he answers it, calls the guy by his name, and, like, he's not even out of the room yet and is talking to this guy that would implement him. Like, I get why it happened, but I kind of wish he'd been out of the room or something like that, you know? I think like, he was supposed to be speaking, like, super low. I know, but still, like, you don't call the person by their name. <laughs> Thing that'll implement you yeah that, i would have toned down and say hey don't call me back and yeah, then you know exactly. the, the, the phone would have been enough i think that was an overkill yeah that's it was just like <laughs> you deserve to go to prison <laughs> yeah for stupidity terminal <laughs> stupidity i mean 
mean, it, it happens on TV shows, I know, but I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I also think that there's a level of, there was a level of, of, of um, the guy was a jerk and, and he was like so self-assured. It was like, yeah, yeah. you deserve to be down badly by stupidity. I just love how he's like, what, do you expect me to apologize now? <laughs> it's like, you're a jerk. Go to prison. Yeah. <laughs> I love that 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 uh, that line that uh, she has. Um, uh, give him Mayhew's wholesale the black side. I hear is a prime spot for traders. I I would like to point out also that I'm not sure how Mayu got to walk because he did orchestrate a prison break that got people killed, including you know including the the guards there and several other really bad people. Even if Mayhew wasn't really a bad person. His prison break got a lot of other people out. I mean, and he I'm also sure nearly that the killed... NSA now has him in, in uh, or even maybe working for for Scotty. I mean, he gave them a much more important trader. So I think that you know you make deals. It's what yeah, you do, and maybe that's what happened. But I mean, it, I, I kind of wish they had said something or alluded to it because it, it felt like he just walked free. And I'm going. He nearly killed the guy that had the key. He orchestrated all of it. I mean, there's so much that he did, and I'm just like, <coughs> I get that, you know, I have no problem with him going free as long as they, Address like you it. said, like like there was something, you know, if he's working for Halcyon now, you know, and Halcyon basically was going, we'll vouch for this guy. You know, I'm cool with that. Um, well, but- we've seen it done over and over. I mean, we saw Elise. I mean, and you knew that the second that Elise was taking in, she was going to take go on and for another agency, you know. They 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 said like, do you think they're gonna let a prodigy like me run in a cell? They were yeah, fighting for me. I don't get the feeling that Mayhew would just go work for the government, though. I mean, he's kind of against the yeah, the, the spy maybe, state. Maybe <laughs> he, for uh, for, for Scotty. Uh, but yeah. So I. Back to Tom uh, on all of this. I I feel horrible for him right now because he really is caught between the two parents and or the potential parents. <laughs> the, the pod people. The pod people. I I love Solomon's comment about that. <laughs> the pod people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in he just. It, it would have cut down on... I, I just... I'm back to Howard with the... It would have cut down on so much stress for him. And it wouldn't have cost Howard anything to go, I've got the Phelps situation covered. I have someone on the inside. It's taken care of. Instead, he just kept bypassing it. Like, it didn't matter. I mean, and that's... We've seen Red do that with Liz before. And it's it's mm-hmm. been a constant complaint of mine that... that he does that at times, and, and Liz made the comment to him once, she goes, I understand what you're saying, and I understand that it's a valid thing that you're saying, and that it's a national security threat, and I Oh, yeah, that, that was with Karakurt. Um, yeah, he, she said, but I want you to look at what's happening in my life, and what you have brought to my doorstep, and I want you to accept that this is important to me. And that's kind of how I felt with Tom and the Phelpses in this, that yes, Whitehall is potentially important yes this whole case is important yes that's important he's aware of that he knows what what the stakes are but the fact that howard just refuses to accept or refuses to acknowledge to him that Mm -hmm. that these emotions that are being dragged forward on him are important 
that makes me very skeptical of him because, like we've said, you know, he's been looking for him for 30, nearly 30 years. So, why, why couldn't he just, I mean, it's not like it would have compromised the mission to go, I've got this covered. Even if he didn't tell him how he had it covered, just, I've got, and I understand for the sake of the show, they couldn't mm-hmm. do that because they needed Tom nervous and everything. But from a character standpoint, it wouldn't have cost him anything. And so that makes me very skeptical of him. I, yeah, it's, there is a, a, a definite lack of empathy for the well-being, which is, we could make the the argument, as you said, that Red has done this. Um, you know, like, no, this is not important, but it, tell me, is my life, why, why is Tommy my life, you know? And, and he's like, no, that's not important. That's not important. So, it yes, there's something that a, a parent who is focused on something immediate and dangerous might not focus on. But there is a level of concern in Red for Liz's well-being, even though she's, he sends her in all these crazy missions. But he always has a confidence in his abilities to keep her safe, which Howard has none. The only thing is manage the thread of, of Scotty finding things out by providing fake Phelps. Yeah. That's all he has done, but nothing to make her feel better. Um, it, it just doesn't speak parental to me. Yeah. And and I, I, I think that the Tom I mean when Tom is sitting at the park bench the last time and, and he's when he gives them the information on on Brian Mayhew, I mean Tom is doing so many blinks, it's like it's not even like he's he's like hard blink, hard blink, hard blink. <laughs> yeah. And that's he's just he's so frustrated and when he looks back and realizes Howard's just gone without a word, he gets this really frustrated sigh that he does. It's just like I can't even process this right now sort of look, you know? He's just so upset with him for doing that. And he's so frustrated in that last scene. You know, this guy works for you? And they're like, yeah, duh. And there was something about the way that the PI said, I've heard a lot about you. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't, I just didn't trust it, you know? It's- yeah, well, I, I called that he knew who Tom was the second that Tom walks in that office and says, ah, he knows he knows who, who Tom is. Uh, and the fact that he was keeping quiet about it, plus he was wearing a plaid shirt. As was Howard. I just, there, there's something about it. Maybe he's connected to the, maybe if Howard's fake, he's connected to the fake Howard versus connected to the real Howard. Mm-hmm. And he's someone on the inside. He's a handler, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, someone to help him. I don't know. But it was, there was something about it. It was... He was looking at him like, I know all these secrets about the situation, and Mm -hmm. boy, are you getting duped. You know, that was kind of the tone he had, and Tom's just like, holy crap, what do I do with this? It's also also the the strange thing that he does is that they never tell him. I mean, and, and, and nobody is saying, why do you don't have anything recent? It's like the investigation into him, into finding him, stopped in, in, in 2015 after he came back from Dresden. There is nothing else on that. That I find very, very bizarre that he would have had no 
interest in what happened to his wife in you know there's there is nothing on this exoneration on on being a fugitive there is nothing a picture of tom when he's delivering character and there were like cameras on him there's nothing nothing on the on the since 2015 on about um about uh tom so that tells me no something is there going on that that this is not real howard and fake and detective is on it too yeah I, I don't trust the, the PI. I I really don't trust Howard at this point, which breaks my heart because, like I've said, the estranged father-son relationship and the coming back together of that is, is my thing. I love that trope. And mm-hmm. we'll see. I just hope I hope if he's fake Howard that real Howard's still alive. Go save. Go save real Howard. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be a great place for the uh, for this this series to end when they when they break out Howard for to get a second season? Oh, gosh. So the next season is, you know, real Howard and, and real Scotty and <laughs> and the first family reunion. Oh, I come I over could, for I could dinner. I see them ending that. I mean, because they I feel like that would be a place where they could they could do a second season from or they could work it in subtly into the blacklist. Because mm-hmm. they, they talked about in an interview, <laughs> I think Famke mentioned it, that their, their uh, contracts are written in such a way that they crossovers are expected, you mm-hmm. know, basically. That, that she, she can go over the blacklist and vice versa, you know. And mm-hmm. I really do think that they're going to wrap this back into the main main story mm. and that they just needed a few episodes to to flesh this out if they had done this on the main show one it would have taken a lot longer because they would have been trying to balance this other story with the main story and two it would have it would have ended up overshadowing and which they can't do because tom is not the lead in the main show and so yeah. and it is a, a lot of waste of, of uh, James Spader's time, too, because, you know, you're paying James Spader for um, not being there. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like you, you're just going to switch male leads in the middle of your show. So this, this to me, seems like why they did it. Now, I mean, if they get a second season, sweet, you know. I'm sure they'll figure out how to work that. But I, I think they will work it out in a way that we will see at the end when when the blacklist ends, that all the cases that they've been working in Redemption are linked to the whole blacklist thing. I agree. And I agree. then leaving them chance of when the blacklist is wrapped up, they can continue going on, you know, with, with a different agenda, maybe like Tom is a new red. Yeah. I did find it interesting that Howard almost played the red type role in in this last episode. That as Tom's pressing for stuff about his personal life, he turns around and hands him the basically hands him the blacklister. Mm-hmm. And like it's like I need to shut you up. Here, have a have a bad guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It yeah, it's it's a very interesting thing, and it will be a very interesting thing to have a reunion of Red with Howard. I want that. I need that. Like my fangirl heart needs this. <laughs> that would be amazing to see. Like I, I would, I would love to see the family reunion. Like, oh. you know, like because I mean, at one point, if you get the real Howard in 
and Scotty knows that Tom is his son, her son, you're going to have, I mean, she's going to want to go and pick up Agnes. And this time, no, that is her grandson. Oh, yeah. And that's like, I, I know something came out the other day about, you know, well, if there is a season two, what's that going to mean for Tom and Liz? Because of the different. I, I really do. I mean, do you think that Scotty is going to want to spend time? If she knows that she has a granddaughter in D.C., is she really? I mean, she'll probably pick Halcyon up and move it to D.C. to be closer to her grandbaby. <laughs> I She's going to go full on grandma mode. <laughs> I am surprised that they haven't had an event happening in Washington that makes an imperative to move the, the, um, the post office to Manhattan. That would make make sense. It would make life so much easier for these guys because then they wouldn't have to make it believe that it's Washington. It could just be Manhattan. I have no idea why they set that up. I'm sure it made sense to them at some point when they first started. But, and then now it's like, well, but I'm just like, why did you not just set this in New York? It's it's not like the FBI doesn't have a massive presence in New York. Mm-hmm. And I think that may be why they made Halcyon's headquarters New York, even though they obviously have a huge presence in D.C. as well, because I didn't get the impression in season three that they were bouncing back and forth between New York and, and D.C. I got the impression they were basing everything yeah. out of D.C. Yeah, because in fact, I think that big house that, that, um, that uh, Scotty has is in D.C., yeah, I think it is as well. And I think it's also a personal home as well. I think it has a lot of offices, mm-hmm. but it looked like a personal home as well. Yeah. So it, it would it would be it would be easier even to move everything to the one place. Although I mean, even if Tom were backing and forth, um, you know, I'm sure that he can get a helicopter ride. You know, say, that will put I mean, him in DC in, 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 in thirty five minutes. Yeah. Uh, the know. the son of of the owners of Halcyon can make it back and forth it'll be fine (laughs) i'm not worried about what that means for tom and liz with the exception of like not seeing them together as much because of filming and there is another scene that i'm looking forward scotty meeting the daughter-in-law oops i am so sorry that i tried to abduct you and and i'm so sorry that um and solomon like saying hey uh we're good right no we're not liz just punches him throws a chair at him you know (laughs) <laughs> was it um I think it was uh um all about the blacklist on Tumblr. <laughs> she made a post. It said Liz's weapon of choice, furniture, because <laughs> she keeps hitting people with furniture. Oh yay! <laughs> oh, she uses she uses furniture really good. Oh but yeah. But I mean, I can imagine that reunion. It, it, I mean, it's like you know that Scott is gonna want to go and, and see his, you know, and it's like, can you imagine the stories? Yeah, when you were a baby, like Liz making the second video. Hi, Agnes, and this is your grandmother who tried to abduct me when I was pregnant. And and this is uh, your Uncle Solomon who run a car into us. No, never Uncle born... Solomon. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> you know, I can see it. I can just see it happening, you know? Oh, God. The videos for baby Agnes are, are you know, are going to be priceless. That's... <laughs> and here's her dad wondering if we've screwed our little baby up. <laughs> How badly we've destroyed her. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's... There are so many possibilities for where this could go. I have it's... a question for you. Hmm. Howard mentions, or fake Howard, just Howard, 
mentions that he hired a former intelligence agency to look into Whitehall and it disappeared. Do you think that's somebody who have seen we have seen in the main show or that we have heard in the main show that mm. former intelligence agency that disappeared and didn't report on 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 um, Howard's investigation into Whitehall? I don't know. It might tie back with somebody. Mm -hmm. What are um, you thinking? I'm I'm not thinking anybody because I don't I can't place anybody who's been a former intelligence agency that had been reported disappearing. So I can't really tell, but certainly it's intriguing that I, I and I think that this would have been a. Not really, because it says a former intelligence agency, that that leads to being, if it really is a Russian fake, this must have been the fake that they sent to try to find Whitehall when they got a lead to it. And failing that, they, they launched this extreme elaborate plan, in my view, to get Tom to hand them Whitehall, because I think the Russians cannot find Whitehall on their own. Yeah. Oh, that's... It's definitely something to think about. It'll be interesting. Keep your eye out for missing uh, former intelligence agencies. Hmm. Well, I think that about wraps us up. Do you have anything else to add? I do not. I am so looking forward to the next episode. I am. It's the, the plane episode with the adorable little child that did get the spot. I'm so excited for her. By the way, it looks like somebody actually gets out of that plane flying. What do you mean? In the episode of the plane, I think somebody actually falls over the plane. It certainly looks like it. it looked like Solomon. Yeah. That doesn't with mean a, he doesn't have chair. a parachute on. I mean. Well, oh. he has a chair. Oh, you know what? We've got two guys. You saw the behind the scenes thing with the, the two guys stuck in the tree with parachutes. They're mm -hmm. going out of that plane next week. And apparently one of them's going to be half naked. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just gotta know what's causing that. <laughs> yes. That is true. Is. That is true. So that whoever it was, because if they had, if they had uh, the chair, they had that, or maybe one of them falls after with a parachute to catch him. That's true. You could have someone, yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be yeah, and that will definitely put a thing on on Solomon because yeah. now he owes his he would owe his life to both Scotty and Tom. Yeah, and and I think Making that he's his... I think he's going to have I think Tom's going to have to save Solomon's life to be able to put them on even ground for the next couple episodes. Mm -hmm. And so basically, Solomon will have to return the favor before he can go back to spying on him for Scotty. Mm -hmm. So interesting stuff. Oh, and with that, I think we can wrap this one up. Yeah. I hope you uh, join us back next week for our next episode, which will be the fifth. Oh, my God. We're going fast in this series. Yep. It'll be over before we know it. Mm. But you can catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. And if you'd like to leave a comment, because we love comments, we love chattering we with you guys, we are on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. So we hope to see you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>